Welcome. We're here at the Scottsdale Festival of the Arts on Scottsdale Civic Center Mall Phoenix, in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're here at the Arizona Book Publishing Association's Book Street. This is a festival held every year, and we're here welcoming Carolyn Rataka from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome, Carolyn. Hi, nice to be here. How was your trip down from Milwaukee? It was long, but it was fun. I drove through more desert than I've ever seen in my life. It's inspiring, isn't it? <laughs> it's dry. How long have you been writing? I've been writing most of my adult life, but I was writing to make a living. So most of my writing was actually writing proposals to help agencies get money. So this is like grant writing then? Yes. Yeah, I'm ah. a professional grant writer. Cool. So in your background, then, you deal with a lot of technical details, a lot of things that have to come together in order to make the proposal work. Yes, I found early on that many agencies and businesses couldn't get their thoughts together on paper, so I would go interview them and then write out what they wanted to do and make it fit with what the funding source wanted to see. So how then does this impact your your process in, as you create the story? I've always wanted to write fiction, but it wasn't until more recently that I actually sat down and did it, because for so many years, all my writing energy went into proposals that by the time I was done with them, I didn't want to see a computer or a typewriter again. Okay. You live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You've been doing grant writing for some time there. What influences then in what you were doing and where you live caused you to go ahead and take a risk and get yourself into fiction writing? Well, I taught literature, so I had that background as well. I'm a very eclectic person, so I spent quite a bit of time teaching at a college level specifically African-American literature, poetry, the novel. So I was teaching novels like Beloved and Native Son and Black Boy and Invisible Man, a bunch of classic African-American novels. And so, and I came from a family where a lot of people wrote, so I had a background in it. But I loved the comic book field, and I wanted to write something from that field because when you're writing a book, you have to enjoy what you're doing. I love, for example, murder mysteries. I read a lot of the big authors, but I didn't want to spend months involved in figuring out how to kill somebody successfully. I wanted something that was really uplifting to my spirit. Awesome. You wanted to have something uplifted. You wanted to have a comic book character. How'd you settle on Greyhill Spectre? It's a, it almost sounds like a ghost kind of guy. Well, when I was a kid, I used to love reading comic books. I was, In fact, my aunt used to give me money to get comic books if I memorized a poem. So she was bribing me to memorize a poem. I could go out and get a comic book. And very early on, I fell in love with the superhero type of comic books, and particularly Marvel, Spider-Man, and all the other Fantastic Four, the Hulk, you know, the whole lexicon there. You know, you grow up, you get married, you go on with your life, you get all about it. And then I saw that they came out with a movie for Spider-Man. My feeling was, oh, they're going to ruin it. They're going to ruin it because... Spider-Man was my favorite. It's, there's a certain cachet, a certain feeling about that story that it either is what Stanley wrote or something totally different. My feeling in Hollywood is they were going to go to something totally different. You know, it would be horrible. Right. And then I, but I went, couldn't get in there opening night. I went the next day, and I remember the credits rolled, and then the scene starts, and the school bus is taking off, and Peter Parker's racing to catch up with it, gets on the bus, and somebody trips him. That's the opening scene. And I said, they got it! They got it! I can't believe it! <laughs> We, we find out later in the film just how and, and what talents Peter Parker has. Yeah. What special abilities does the Greyhill Spectre have? Well, he's uh, in that field is always called one of their superpowers, you know. And uh, in the Greyhill Spectre's case, he has been a part of a fringe-type 
science experiment that expanded his mental powers so that he can actually control the molecules around him. A good example is that he can make the molecules under his feet solid and it literally lift him up in the air like floating. Or he can put a what would be a force field around somebody and keep them from moving. Or if somebody's shooting at him, he can put up a force field and, and it robs the energy, uh, the bullets of energy would just fall. <laughs> they would just fall or um, any other projectile would not get to him. Okay. There's going to be a bad guy here. Yeah. How did you decide on a kind of, just the special bad guy just for the gray specter? Well, one of the techniques you use in this kind of story is you, you're twinning your good guy with your bad guy. They're mirror images. So the bad guy, whose name is Blaylock in the story, uh, actually also had the same serum, the same mind-expanding serum, but by the same fringe scientist, but it was a mistake. You know, he kind of stole it. And so the fringe scientist is trying to get this other guy, my guy, the good guy, to kind of counteract the bad guy. Because it's your mind being expanded, it reacts differently with each person. And the bad guy thinks of himself as a sorcerer. So his abilities take that form. But it's because that's how his mind approaches it. Someone else can have something totally different happen to him because, or her, because of how the mind expansion thing works with the individual person. Cool. Can we get that serum? <laughs> I could use that. So what influences, can you say, helped you get the story written and completed? I got really reinvigorated with this kind of story by watching Spider-Man, the first movie. And that took me back to the comic books, actually reading them, which I hadn't read them in a long time. And they were very, very good. So then I just wanted to kind of think about that from my own point of view. Because sometimes you love a comic book character, but it's owned by Marvel or somebody, and they go off in some direction you never would go in. So I thought it would be fun to have my own character where I could figure out where, where he should go or she should go. So that was kind of the influence. I think the whole idea of somebody who has extra powers going out and putting on a costume and fighting crime, if that were really happening, what would cause somebody to do that? And how would other people react to it? So I thought it was an interesting way to explore things and explore themes of how to be a hero, why would you want to be a hero, what's your destiny, and do you really want your destiny? Lots of questions. Now, one thing I did notice is You've actually taken the Greyhill Spectre and put him into a novel as opposed to uh, having artwork done and like doing a graphic design, novel. like yeah. a graphic novel. Now, did you do that on purpose, or is that just how the whole thing came to be? Well, I did it on purpose because I'm a novelist. I'm not an artist. I thought about, of course, you could do a graphic novel version, or people create their own comic books. And I went to several comic cons up in Ohio that you saw all of that. But there is sort of a subgenre of novels, you know, written novels about superheroes. There's been a whole line of Spider-Man stories. There's a whole line of Iron Man stories. There's just uh, a whole lot, you know, Smallville, which is a TV show. It's still in this field. There's a whole, I know somebody writes some of the Smallville stories. I met Roger Stern, a very well-known comic book author, at one of the Comic-Cons. Great guy, wonderful guy. He wrote The Death of Superman, which was really, really popular. That was a novel as well as a comic book. Yeah, it's a big, thick novel. He gave me a, uh, a signed copy of it. It's one of my treasures. Okay, so what, are, what then are your plans? You've established the character. You've established the book. What are you planning on seeing, uh, Mr. Spector? It quickly became apparent that there's a couple more stories. And the next story for the Great Hill Spector is he's going to take a trip to Las Vegas. And I'm researching that 
story right now as I'm out in the Southwest. And there's going to be another book probably in San Francisco after that because the Greyhound Specter is married and his wife is in San Francisco and the first book ends with a debate about are they going to live in Chicago or are they going to live in San Francisco. So it's wide open that he could take a trip to San Francisco. So, so the Greyhill Spectre isn't necessarily a superhero for one city, as we see in most other places. Yeah. He actually travels about. Yeah, well, he's right now he's Chicago's superhero, but okay. in the third book, he's going to do something that makes the Chicago people really mad at him, and San Francisco's going to invite him to come in because they're having problems they can't solve. So <laughs> he'll at least have an adventure there. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Carolyn. We wish you the best of, of luck on your drive back uh, to Vegas and, and then ultimately back home. Best of luck with your research in, in Las Vegas. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Listeners, uh, listen in in the future. We'll be moving out to other conferences in this first part of the year. We hope you'll join us again. Thank you.